come back to cyber prophets, where we prophesize the future of text. Tonight, we are going to have a special edition. We're going to train people. We're going to teach some tips and tricks and help more people to succeed in the IT world. I'm your host, Federico. And tonight, I'm with our, my co-host, Anorax Dev. But not only that, we have a specialist in Java. Someone who has been in this area for a very long time, and that's why he wants to share with you some of the tricks. He has been in the IT market for around 8 to 10 years, and for the last years, he has been only in Java, Java, Java. Java is his daily breakfast, lunch, dinner, and there is nothing else more than Java and running in his life. But I'm sure that even when he goes to run, there is Java in the conversations with his runners in their teams. But... What else we can say about this guy? He's one of those strange people who learned Czech. That is a known, that is a Slavic language in less than a year. That's something that, let's say, to say that is lesser than superhero, hey, it's a very mysterious thing. Additionally, he speaks German, he speaks English, Spanish. And what will be the next language? Mandarin? Arab? No clue. We will discover it maybe later, but let's start with him and with what he can share us about Java and the secrets that can help you succeed. So Edgar, why do you think that Java is so important in our times? So Federico and Anuraksdev, thank you very much for the warm welcome and thank you for having me in your show. And just coming to your question, Federico, why is Java so important uh, these days? Well, you know, since the beginning, Java has been ranked among the most popular languages, and Java has been competing with C for the first place. According to, there's an index called the TOV index, which ranks what is the popularity of each programming language. For 20 years, 20 years, Java was competing for the first place. However, this year, it fell to the, to the third position, which, which was quite unsurprising, I will say. And I would like to develop a little bit more on, on this uh, a bit forward in the, in the show. But as you can see, Java has been one of the most popular for a very long time. And even these days, according to the Stack Overflow Survey 2020, Java is in the fifth place of popularity and of the most loved technologies. So Java is very important because it is widely used and because of its portability. Because as you know, you can write the code once, you can run it everywhere where you have a virtual machine. And these are the main benefits that have made of Java and so in these days, Federico. Um, hey, so I have a quick question regarding that. I only, I don't really do Java. I, I only had experience with C Sharp. So, like, I, I've always wondered this. In which cases is better uh, to use Java than C Sharp? Okay, this is uh, quite a complex question, and we can see it like from different perspectives. To be honest. Java is certainly um, more useful 
when you have to deal with embeddable software. Java is much better when you have to embed it in, in this kind of uh, artifacts, in this kind of devices. Of course, the mm -hmm. best is always C, but Java wins over C++ because of its interoperability. And uh, if you ask me, for instance, about the feeling of programmers, you can say that C, C Sharp has many functionalities that have not been yet implemented in Java. And Visual Studio is quite a huge project. It's a massive project that no IDE in Java has equaled. It's a very complex project. So from the perspective of a programmer, I would say that it's much easier to program in C Sharp. Uh, however, for some sort of applications like the embeddable software that I was talking about, it's, it's much better to use Java. And it's also very useful to use Java for microservices. And this is one of the main applications in the corporate world. This is one of the main uses of Java in the enterprises nowadays. Cool. Let's go a little bit deeper because some of our viewers are people that they are maybe trying to get a job in the programming world. And this is a complex topic because you can have thousands of different questions. Some of them can completely screw your life and some of them can even help you, but some of them are quite uncommon. Most of us, we are in the IT world, but do you think that it's important to know data structures or is sometimes, because some people are just very, let's say, non-theoretical people and they don't like to read about theory. And this is like a very theoretical question. Yeah, uh, thanks for asking, Federico. I have gone quite recently uh, through a few interviews and I'm a, I am well aware of what the questions are nowadays. I will say that data structures is among the top of the list. And they are, the, all of the interviews nowadays, uh, at least here in the Czech Republic, are very theoretical. I can tell you that you have to know, and most of the times, they expect you to know by heart all of the concepts about the data structures. And they give a special uh, focus on topics such as Java collections, which is one of the main components of Java. And this one question that it's in every interview is about the list sets and maps and what is the difference between them. So you have to be well aware of this and learn it by heart. So those are the, big, those are the most popular uh, people ask you in the interviews? Yes, 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 yes. This, this uh, as I was saying, I went through quite a few interviews uh, recently. And this interview, this question was in every single interview, in every one of them. So you cannot leave it out. So, so remember, it was lists, graphs, and what was the third one? No, no, no. List, sets, and maps. Ah, list, sets, and maps. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I've been that I've been uh, really curious because like how how much how many or, or how much you will use data structures really depends on what kind of like 
job recruitment, right? Exactly. Because exactly. I, I have very, I have very, so since I only do web and mobile stuff, like I haven't really had a need to use uh, data structures that that much. Like the the last time that I did something significant was when I built a a Morse code translator with trees and stuff, but. Like for my for my day to day, like uh, I, you know, I only need to know Django, I need to know React, I need to know like the basis of web development, but I don't really need to use data structures. So, in what in what kind of jobs or in what kind of products like are they really are they popular? Are they widely used? Oh well, I, I am glad you asked about this, uh, Anuraksdev. Because uh, there's quite a significant uh, portion of, of in the job of the jobs in the job market in which you wouldn't need actually to know that much about data structures. Let's say that in the common or in the average application in the enterprise world, you will need to know the primitive types and the collections. That's it, and you can get by only by knowing those. But there are other very specialized uh, kind of jobs in which you will need to know higher data structures and more complex data structures like graphs, like trees, the ones that you were mentioning, right? And for instance, I was in an interview for Booking.com and they actually, gave me a task in which I had to implement a search algorithm for the hotels in a specific region, but they required mm. you to use trees for this. So it was very important to know like what kinds of trees there are and what are the, even the algorithms, the most important search algorithms that you can, that can be used with trees. So it actually depends on the kind of job, but I will say that the, Top jobs, the ones that are the best companies such as Man, that sounds like fun. Hold on, maybe you can repeat again the companies because I think we have a minor interruption in the network, Edgara. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so you, I, so you were sorry. talking about you were talking about booking and how uh, those like they're using the higher higher jobs, right? Is that what you were yes. saying? Okay. Yeah. 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 That that was just like to conclude my idea that I was mentioning that the highest paid jobs and the top companies such as Booking, Amazon, among others, will certainly 100% ask you to know about the complex data structures. Huh. I'm, going in depth. I'm going in depth about the algorithms because you mentioned the word algorithms. Most of the developers in general, they 
they, they avoid all these topics because this is theory and uh, we hate to know about the quick search or other kind of magical algorithms. Those are boring things from program, program one, two, three or something like that. Based on your experience, do you think that those top companies or those top positions are going to ask you about algorithms or solve any task with a specific algorithm? Certainly, certainly, Federico. Bubble um, Excuse me? Bubble sword. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bubble sword. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, so just to give you a concrete example, uh, I was in, a, in an interview and they gave me a task as well. And to solve this task, um, the real solution was to use the breadth first search algorithm. That's like, we're getting very technical right here, but it's like what these companies are expecting you to know. And also like, for instance, uh, the distra algorithm that you need to know in order to find the, the shortest path between two nodes, right? So uh, I remember also about the binary search, which is for trees. You have to remember that one as well. And in, in theory, not in practice, I was also asked, about the, well, you mentioned it uh, already, Anorax Dev, about the bubble sort. <laughs> I was asked about it and about the quick sort that you mentioned as well, Federico. So it's important like just to bear those in mind, remember their names and really, really important, their complexity. They are expecting you to know about the own notation and the degree of complexity of these algorithms. So it is very important for all, all of the applicants for a Java position to know this. Man, that's cool because I, re I remember when I, when I took the data structures class in college that they, they did tell us about like the notation, but it was very like theoretical on the whiteboard. Okay, so like you, you, a for loop is going to be, you know, oh, square. No, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be O squared, then a nested loop is gonna be O to the third, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Or it was mm -hmm. to the first. I, I, I forgot. But anyways, so how do you, when when you're writing an algorithm, how how can you tell uh, what's gonna, what's the annotation gonna be for? Great. The, that that's a a cool question, Anurakso, and it's very easy actually. You have you have to go line by line and identifying what is the implicit complexity of that line. So for instance, you know that uh, loops such as for, while, etc., they have complexity O, N. If mm -hmm. they have that's what I was That's o. what I was looking for, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> exactly, exactly, it's in terms of N. Uh, so loops have O, N, ifs have uh, o1 oh, and yeah. assignments have O1, etc., etc. What makes your algorithm complex are, for instance, when you have a breaking condition within a loop, and it can be like O logarithm N, mm. or if you have mm. like a loop inside another loop, then it can be uh -huh. like O to N squared, O to N cubed, and so yeah. on and so on. So uh, it's important like to identify line by line when you're writing your own algorithm, right? 
But if you're using one of the well-known algorithms, such as the search or the sort algorithms, then uh, they have already a predefined uh, complexity, and you just need to learn this. Yeah, that's cool. Now let's go a little bit deeper. What was the hardest question you have faced in those interviews? Because probably there was something that was completely out of the blue. Uh, let me remember. Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, I was applying for a position in Amazon in, in Vancouver, actually. And I got a test. It was in one of these platforms online where you just have to write your code. And if I remember correctly, it was about the delivery of packages. Like uh, to calculate the room, but like they 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 gave me a matrix, and it was under very special conditions that you had to calculate the the distance between the nodes. So, to be honest, I failed this question. Like I didn't know how to solve it at the time, but later on I kept on investigating about it, and I found out that this is like a practical use of the breadth first search that I mentioned a while ago. And it was a very complex question because they, they actually wanted you to know this algorithm by heart. And the second thing that they had several test cases and these test cases implied also that your algorithm should be the most efficient. It should be very fast to solve the, all of the data. And it's like actually expected, right? Because Amazon is managing millions and billions of transactions daily. So your algorithm definitely has to be the most efficient. So definitely this, this opposition for uh, a senior developer in, in Amazon that actually required the use of the breadth first search algorithm was the, the most challenging that I have faced. Did, did how what was the last time that like they gave you a problem that you have to solve or, and they say okay you have like 24 hours to solve this problem and then if you do then we'll give you the interview like has that uh, have, can, can you repeat oh yes. right okay so so i have so you, okay okay yeah, let me repeat that. Okay, so there were a few times where I was like searching for jobs where they gave me a task. Basically, it was a test. So, for example, I like make make it like a basic to do list with React or something like that, or build this algorithm for to do whatever, right? And there was like, okay, so you have 24 hours to solve it, and then if if everything is right, then we'll give you the interview. Like, did that happen to you in Europe as well? Uh, yes, only once though. Most of the interviews were actually theoretical. And let's say like the practical side is that they sit just next to you, give you a piece of code, printed it a paper, and you have to say what it is or identify a design pattern that is implemented in this piece of code or say oh, wow. what is grown okay. 
etc. Yeah, but the last time I had one assignment in which they gave me like 24 hours to solve it. It was actually a, a very easy task, to be honest. Uh, I managed to, to do it like in less than an hour, <laughs> but <laughs> it was very funny, you know. Uh, and just let, let me tell you a little bit about the story. I was applying for a job for Java in Spring. It, it, I was supposed to be working with Java 8, right? And the Spring framework. So I say to myself, okay, let's use these technologies that I am going to use in my actual job, in my actual work, to solve the tasks that they gave me for the interview. So I did. It took me less than an hour. I sent it. And they, the next day, they sent me feedback. And they told me that I shouldn't have used those technologies and that they were <laughs> expecting me to use, like, to grade everything from the scratch. But there was nothing <laughs> assignment about that. <laughs> so uh, it's very funny. And this might actually be a recommendation for the recruiters, right, to be more precise about the assignments that they are giving to the developers. So something similar happened to me like a few years ago, where uh, same, it was the the task was actually not not easy. Like, but they did give me 24 hours to build a uh, to build a Morse code translator. So I had to use trees, I had to use search, I had to use uh, like and and like all the stuff in the trees. I had to do them by hand. So. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I cheat. I cheated because, like, I found the tree somewhere on GitHub, so I just, I, I, I just copied it and like, and, like, made it work. <laughs> and then I just started just like the algorithm to start, you know, breaking it apart. It's cool because, like, you know, like if it's, if it, because it's a tree, if it's a dot, then you go to the left, and if it's a dash, you go to the right. So oh, yeah. I remember how I was banging my head against the wall just because like I couldn't figure out how to make it work. But I, I but like I did manage to make it work and it was really cool and everything. So I, I submitted, right? And they tell me, yeah, good job. So we're gonna give you the interview. So I go to the so I go and I go to the to to the to the company just like expecting to do like some really deep like search algorithm stuff and like you know the, something really challenging like the job was really challenging if they gave me like that that a task that was that hard well it turns out it was just a maintenance job <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was just maintenance like for, for the startup and, and and when i when i realized that i thought man what a pretentious bastard <laughs> yeah Right. <laughs> it's like they give you a very complex task for. Uh, right. I mean, I mean for, it, it was a nice experience. I did, I did learn a lot, and I did enjoy like building it. But at the same time, it was also a waste of time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that happens. Yeah, and like maybe so, may, may I ask you? Mm -hmm. May I ask you another step? Did, did they did they catch you cheating? <laughs> No. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but let's be honest, it's very hard that in this time someone will not use the stack like, overflows of GitHub. It's very unlikely. 
dude, what's the what's the point? What's the I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I mean I could do it by hand, but not in 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. Like okay, yeah, we could do it in in 24 hours, but still, you know, you have the resources available, so right. No, and not only that, but like in, in real life, you're not gonna build it from scratch. You're just gonna get it somewhere and and, and start using it. I so, think that's the main point. Yeah, that's the main point because in real life you will use all the resources available, right? The company right. won't care if you if you just like search it in a Stack Overflow. They will just want to care what's the profit of the software that you're building. Right, right, right. Yeah, they care that they care about you getting it done. That's that's all they care about. The way, so. Exactly. And during your previous answer, Edgar, you said something a little bit. It's a common, but for some people, especially the people who are not very technical, or let's say that they are the self-learners about the design patterns. What are the most common design patterns in Java? Because, hey, the self-learners have tried to avoid all those things and throw them to the, the garbage bin. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a common problem that I have seen. And many developers actually ignore these patterns, but they are very important. I mentioned that in some interviews, they give you a printed piece of paper, printed piece of paper with some code, and they ask you to identify the design pattern that was implied there. So this actually happened to me, and this was the interview in my previous job. And it turns out that the Design pattern that was implemented in, in that code was singleton. So mm -hmm. this is like one of the most basics, and I think that every Java developer with some experience should know about it, the singleton. But then you have some others that I have also uh, been asked about in the interviews, such as the factory pattern, uh, dependency injection, which is a huge topic within Java due to the Spring framework. Also, publisher subscriber, which you will use for asynchronous communication, and let's say like the facade uh, design pattern. And these are like the most common that you, it is like very likely that you will be asked about this one of these design patterns in the interview. That, that, that's something that I wanted to ask you about. Like, okay, so I am a self learner, right? <laughs> So, and I, I, I really don't use like design patterns or, or solid principles, but I've never really had a, had a reason to. Like, you're the thing, like, I've never, I, I don't, for, for like my type of projects, I don't really have a need to, to use them, but I do want to learn them. So, I mean, if, if I wanted to, like, what, it, what kind of exercises would you suggest for somebody who wants to, like, actually, like, soak the knowledge of, design patterns because like it's a real it's really abstract like i've read i've read like design patterns by the gang of four and okay i get it but i don't know how to use it in the real world okay uh, this is a very interesting uh, question and i will give you an advice and to all of our listeners and there's a website that i really like and that i use myself for training it's called HackerRank. Do you know about it? Okay, uh, no, I don't. Can you spell it out? Like... HackerRank. 
Hacker rank. Okay, cool. Yes, yes, hacker rank. So they have like a they have like a course, let's say, in which they teach you from the basics, such as what are the primitive types, what is an array, and you move forward, forward, forward until you get to the point of the design patterns. And they give you tasks to implement the these design patterns, and they give you like some real applications of where you could use this. So this is a very good resource that I would advise anyone who is learning to actually improve their knowledge about, uh, well, basically about every single programming language, but especially yeah, about that, that That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. And, uh, and follow up to that question, uh, because I, will, I also wanted to talk about solid principles. Again, like I, I, for me, like it's a really abstract thing. Um, so, like, for example, um, okay, so for DS for single purpose, right? For, for, mm -hmm. for that, that, that every function should be like, like should be independent and and do one thing. That part, like that part, I get it, and I have used it a lot. But for the rest, it's the same thing. So, would you suggest which one would you suggest learning first, design patterns or solid? Uh, let me think for a while. Well, in view the the design patterns like are a lot, and honestly, you won't use most of them, as you say. Like in your job, you don't require them, and in mine, there are like very few cases in which I actually require them as well. So I will suggest first to learn like the most common, let's say like singleton, facade dependency injection, publisher, subscriber, to learn those and then move to SOLID because SOLID is part of the best practices and best practices that can be applied to every single programming language. So uh, I, will, I will do it like this, like to see the core of the design patterns that you are actually gonna use in your job and then start like learning the solid principles. That's another thing that I wanted to ask you about. So my understanding is that solid is for object-oriented programming, but in, in the case where like, for example, like I deal mostly with JavaScript and Python, which I mean, Python, I guess you could say that it's, that it's object-oriented, but it's like, it, it's, 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 not, it's not hard type, right? So does, can you use the solid principles with Python and JavaScript and all the other interpreted languages? Mm. That's a, a very interesting question. I think that solid was developed mainly for those uh, oriented programming languages, uh, object-oriented programming languages, I mean, and in this sense, uh, I'm not aware of how the development of JavaScript is nowadays, but I think that you can have classes now, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah, okay. And in this sense, I think that you can apply some of the principles. For instance, you could definitely apply the single responsibility principle in, mm -hmm. in JavaScript. And uh, at, at, as long as you have classes and it sort of emulates a on oriented programming uh, object oriented programming language then uh, you can apply a, at least a few of the solid principles 
Got it. Cool. And let's so, like, mm-hmm. so like, just before you go there, okay, so I like I don't think I'm gonna be using a lot of, of, of solid and design panel with the tool that I'm using right now, but I am get I'm gonna get into solidity uh, later this year. So by since it is that since that one is actually like object oriented, I could probably apply it there. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be a good idea, and it's actually good because it shows you you are knowledgeable and you know about the best practices of software programming. Of course, like mm-hmm. you can, you could just code without knowing anything about Solid, but it it actually represents that you have like higher standards because you know about these best practices. Nice. Now let's go a little bit deeper. You were having those, let's say, very specific comments, let's say, advanced topics about programming. But have you ever faced questions that are unrelated to Java? Let's say that during your interview, they always ask you, they ask you things about Docker, Kubernetes, software architecture, Oracle, or other things that, hey, the position is strictly about Java coding, but during the interview, the interviewer says, hey, guys, what do you think about Kubernetes? How do you, how much do you know about this? Uh, okay. <laughs> it's very, very funny because it, it, it actually depends on the job position, right? I am, uh, I am fully specialized in backend development. So most of the times my questions are just focused on Java. I also get a part in which I am asked about SQL. It is very important to know it as well and how to deal with the communication with the databases. Um, But I have also experienced some cases in which I have been asked, like, just like very shallowly, what is Docker and what is Kubernetes? They didn't really ask me to go into details, but just about like, the very definition or what it is used for, okay? So even though even though you might not use it on an everyday basis, it is at least good to know what is what it is used for. And I have been asked, for instance, let's say uh, concepts of programming, such as uh, the architecture or like, MVC microservices, which is like a huge topic nowadays in, in, in Java, and how can you implement it in Java? This, so this will for sure come up in the interview. And web services, or even the protocols that are used in, in the communication. And uh, maybe I can also I, I can also mention that it is important to know other concepts related to the life cycle, such as continuous integration, continuous delivery, DevOps. What are the tools that you will use in order to assure the, not only the quality of your code, but also the process of delivering it to production? So it is important that we as the developers get to know not only like the part of programming just like robots (laughs) 
but that we also get to view the big picture of what is the whole software development life cycle. Okay, Federico, want to continue? Guys, let's go to a little bit farther. What do you think if it's more viable theory or practice? Or what is your experience about this topic? Especially when you're a self-learner, many, many times you go on into the practice and the theory we spoke that people ignore it. Well, actually, yeah, it is in the ideal world, both of these should go hand in hand, right? It's like you cannot have a solid practical side without the theoretical, which is the foundation. But uh, as, as you mentioned, Federico, it, it's like completely ignored sometimes. But if you know about it, it gives you like an edge. It gives you like an advantage. And in my personal experience, in order to actually nail it in the interviews, especially in, in Europe, I would say that in the Czech Republic and in Germany as well, they give a lot of attention to the theoretical side. They really want, want you to know the theory of programming. I have also heard that in Poland, they are more focused, more focused on the practical side, which was a surprise for me because like they are neighbors, but it's still so different, right? And I, I come from El Salvador, from Latin America. I will say that over there, they are focused more on the practical side as well. They don't even care that much if you know, like, let's say they, they don't even know what is the difference of a class and an object. I am totally exaggerating this right now, okay? <laughs> because you, you should definitely um, know it. But... Um, but they, 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 they don't like they don't really care. They just want you to provide the code. They, they want you to give the functionality that you were hired for. And as long as you do it, that's okay for them. At least that 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 has been my personal experience. Um I wanna I wanna add to that and I don't think it's really like practice versus theory, but I think it's more of how much theory, right? Because even even if you're doing basic scripts, at least you, you need to know some theory, right? <laughs> exactly. You need to know you need to know at least the basics of coding, but I think that the more the more theory you 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 can apply to like. Uh, not to real things like practical things that the more the more valuable you will be to whoever you're working for it is uh, very important that you mention it because yeah yeah at, at least you should have like the basics right the theory it cannot be like completely without theory right <laughs> Yeah, so so you are you're totally right about that. Yeah, you you need to know uh, some some theory and on that basis build on your practical side as well. 
and regarding what you said about Poland, well, I can, I'm living here, so I can validate that part that in Poland is the practical part is very important. You will have some theoretical questions. That's something that we will not avoid. You will have a, let's say, a, let's say a small test with some questions about, let's say in my case, I work with C-sharp, but you will have some basic questions about C-sharp. But the most important is that you solve the test in the required time. They are not going to give you like 24 hours, but like three hours. And it's in a blink of an eye, you need to solve it. And that's all. If you don't solve it, then go out. Um, in the freelancing world, it's it's completely practical. <laughs> like many, most of the time, you're not going to be speaking with like actual programmers, but like your clients are for the most part not technical. So they don't really care. <laughs> how much theory I have. They don't really care what languages I use. They don't really care what tools I'm using as long as I tell them, yeah, I can get the job done. So like that, that's, that's usually what matters to them. Well, as you can see that there are differences like <laughs> in every side of the world and in every yeah. kind of country you have. Exactly. Okay, so um, I, have, I have another one. So, for and this is a very important, interesting one. What would you recommend, full stack, back end, or front end for Java, and why? Um, and now, maybe you can tell us about the Java frameworks, or maybe there is one that is that you can recommend to the people to get into it, because Java has several frameworks. It's not like the .NET framework that you have the .NET framework and that's pretty much everything. But in Java, it's, you have a Spring, Hibernate, and let's say, I, I, and I maybe don't know even how many are in the, these days, in fact. So I will answer to both of your questions. And first, let's start with your question, Anorakstev. In my experience, Java is nowadays mostly used for backend. That is for the creation of APIs and also for the treatment of data. That is like for transforming or for doing some calculations in the backend. And as for the frontend part, usually developers and even companies are migrating to the JavaScript frameworks, just such as React or Angular, which are the most popular frameworks for frontend, right? And I will say, I will recommend totally to become or to specialize in the backend side of Java that is like more fruitful nowadays. And regarding your question, Federico, you were asking me about the most important frameworks nowadays, because yeah, you, you have you have several frameworks. However, there's like a, a clear winner in this topic, and that's a Spring. A Spring has been around like for a lot of time, and it, it was not the most popular framework before, but it gained a lot of popularity 
when they decided to to make it like more modular and it became bigger and bigger and with the uh, with the development of a spring boot which is like a, a layer that works on top of the spring framework to actually make our development faster and easier with the development of this layer spring boot it may spring the clear winner of all among all of the java frameworks in the day so spring is definitely the option to go is the one that you can actually do everything with it of course there are some other frameworks that are more specialized let's say so for instance if you will create a reactive application you could use vertex which is a framework developed by eclipse the the same the the same author as the ide and this this is specialized for java reactive also spring has a site for java reactive but in general uh, spring is more complex and i would recommend to use it better just in particular occasions where you have something specialized you could go for another framework and before to conclude i i have let's say two last questions that are because we are focused on prophesizing the future of technology and the first one is how do you see the future of java after oracle changed its license from my experience it really hit the market and many companies are running away of that area because hey it changed everything in the game yeah yeah federico uh thanks thanks for asking this i wanted to talk about this uh, and i mentioned a little bit in the beginning um, there is no surprise in the fact that java came to the third place in the tov index after 20 years of being at the top and this is exactly because because of the change in the license that you mentioned and it's it's such a it was an it was thought as a strategic move from oracle however it seems to be impacting very badly in the java community nowadays um there are several alternatives to the official distribution of java such as open jdk distributed by uh, java.net or you can have like from a specific provider for instance you have sulu uh, sulu jdk or you can have amazon coreto distributed by amazon uh, there's a distribution from red hat so there are several alternatives and everyone is like migrating now to these open source to these open jdk solutions so in my opinion in the future java will still continue to be strong but i will say that it will probably decay in the in the following years i don't think it's going to be soon because of the power that it has and because many many applications in several companies are using java so it is not as easy to migrate right there it is not like 
tomorrow or next year, they will have all of the applications migrated to a new language. Definitely, Java will still be strong, will still keep it strong like for a decade or two, but I think that other, um, other languages such as Kotlin will gain a lot of strength. So for instance, uh, Android already is only supporting Kotlin. So these kind of moves can be seen that are impacting how the Java community is developing and how it will develop in the future. What is the what will the vision of Java be? But I, I will say that it will still keep strong, but unfortunately, due to this licensing and due to the fact that it's now a platform, it will probably decay in the following years. Okay. Thank you very much, Edgar. And thank, hopefully all our viewers are going to learn a lot of new tricks. And in the future, we'll come coming on with new prophecies, with new tricks, with new tips. But until the next time, hopefully you will keep changing the world with the new technologies. Thank you, Edgar. Thank you, Anarax Dev. My pleasure. Thank you very See much. See you next time, guys. See you next time. See you next time.